Welcome to the Batman Tasticast, celebrating the 30th anniversary of the greatest animated television series of all time Batman, the animated series. Our podcast offers a deep dive into each episode and a full series retrospective from two nerds who, well, really like Batman. And on the show today, across from me, our host, our co host, my co host, your co host, he owes me quite a few favors, <laughs> Mr. Jordan Hume. Well, thank you. And, uh, and hello to my co host, who makes the world's best meatloaf. I don't know if that's actually, true. I bet you do. I actually do make a decent meatloaf. I'll say this Mike makes a mean macaroni and cheese. Yes. Makes great tacos. Yes. And is becoming a great pizza chef. It's in development. <laughs> it actually, we actually figured out pizza. I finally got it to work. Um, we also have a special guest in the show that will, will confirm my ability to cook meatloaf and pizza and pretty much anything else because she normally eats the food that I create. To introduce, I'm so sorry. The, to, to introduce on the for the first time on this podcast, I was this close to saying the Harley Quinn to my Joker, but I feel like that's terrible because we don't a, want that. That's a terrible relationship. The more apt relationship, and also that's not our that's not our dynamic. The more apt relationship here is the Poison Ivy to my Harley Quinn, <laughs> my wife Amanda Mack. <laughs> Am I wrong? I'll take that. No, Am I, wrong? I like that. Especially if you go Harley Quinn TV show era Poison Ivy, I think the personalities match. Except I am terrible with plants. That's the only thing that does not check out is I've literally killed like every single plant. I want to be good with them. I just know I'm not. So that... that's a personal character. Having a green uh, thumb is a knack. Like yeah. people just kind of have it or they don't. One of my thumbs currently is green. That, that but is true. Paint. I can confirm that is true. Yes. Amanda's, Amanda has a green painted thumb because it is just about Christmas time and she painted her nails green and red to match the holiday season. No. Amanda, but welcome. This, this episode will not air in Christmas time. No, this, this episode, episode will air in the doldrums of winter. Yeah, this episode's not going to air for like another 10 weeks probably. So we right, just time close. traveled. We are from the past. Yes, Hello, Amanda, people of the future. Amanda's favorite movie is Back to the Future. It is. Um, and this is actually you. a Back to the Future podcast now. Oh, man. Don't need money. Don't take fame. Don't need no credit card to ride this train. Let me tell you, as much as I love Batman the Animated Series, it's one of my favorite things. At any moment, I am happy to turn this into a Back to the Future podcast. (laughs) Of course, of course. There's a Back to the Future animated series, too. Well, more bonus content for the Patreon. Exactly. Eventually, when we get the Patreon and we get get the, um, the, uh, the Blue Apron... And the Dollar Shave yeah. Club yeah. And, and the Better Help and all that stuff. Right. Ooh, what are the Bomba Socks? Bomba Socks. Yeah, I definitely Bomba want socks. some Bomba Socks. Bomba Socks. All right. So, Bomba Socks. So we have a guest <laughs> on the episode today. This is our third guest episode in a row. Uh, That's right. Amanda's our second guest, but third time we've had a guest on the show. We had Evan Don Ellen for both um, Feet of Clay Part 1 and 2, and Evan was great. It was a spooky time. It was a very spooky time from someone who likes himself a horror movie. But today we have someone who is married to me. Um, on the show. I am? You are. Wow. I know. It's Wait, been... are you two married in real life? Yes. Just on the show. Okay. Yes, just on the only, show. Only on this show. Only on this show. Only when we record this show, we're show that's happening right Perfect. now. Perfect. So, so the reason why I wanted to have Amanda on, well, for a plethora of reasons. She's very talented, very funny, has great points of view on things. Oh, you're and, so nice to me. And, um, wow, we've you don't actually, have to sleep on the couch after this. I know, exactly. This is really good. Normally, yeah. I have to after a podcast. Um, 
Amanda, I, I wanted your unique perspective on this because you didn't grow up watching Batman the Animated Series like Jordan and I did. I did not. And I, the first question I wanted to ask you before we get into the episode, before we talk about all the all the points we're talking about today, what's it like getting watching this show as someone who is 30 years removed from it for the first time? Oh, like, is this the first time you're watching yeah. the series at all? This is the first time I'm watching oh, okay. the series at all. And actually, when I was... Um, when the series, like when you were watching the series as it was airing, right. I was like not into that style of cartoon at all. Um, I was very much into just different art styles. I watched a lot of Nickelodeon. I watched a lot of like um, Disney Channel stuff, Cartoon Network stuff. And I just, not that that wasn't a part of that zeitgeist, but like that style just didn't grasp me. Learning more about how it was made and how it was like drawn and, and everything like that is as a 30 year removed from the series fascinates me before even watching it. So kind of taking a step back out of my like childhood brain and looking at it as a piece of art is really, really cool. So just appreciating that alone. Um, and also in that span of time, I've become a huge fan of Danny Elfman. So just the theme song every time, like I would hear that as um, Mike was watching or like I would hop in. I've watched a lot of the episodes as you've been recording these for the first time, which has been great. So that theme song, I'm like flattered. It's it's been fun, but we I don't skip it. Like that's one of those if you want to skip the opening, I'm like we absolutely cannot skip. Were the you opening. watching other Warner Brothers animation? Were you watching like Tiny Toons? I watched Tiny Toons. Um, I watched some Animaniacs. Animaniacs yep. Tiny Toons probably more so, but okay. I did like Animaniacs a lot. Yeah, yeah, those. But both that's seem kind like, of where it. Yeah. Where it stopped. Those both seem like they they're they're your speed for sure. Um, definitely Disney stuff, right? Yeah, um, I love those. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, Tiny Toons for me is one of those I haven't watched it in years, and I don't know that I could quote more than like the elevator go down the hole and like <laughs> I push the button and like those those big phrases. But if you put an episode on in front of me, I could probably recite the whole thing. Like that's well, that's where I feel like it lives in my brain. Well, Tiny yeah. Toons is is uh, Tiny Toons has a great relationship to Batman the Animated Series because that's what they were all working on. There's a Tiny Toons Easter egg yeah, in this episode. In this episode. But that's what this team was working on before they got Batman. They were working on Tiny Toons. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of how they cut their teeth. And because they did so well with Tiny Toons, they got Batman. And because they did so well on Batman, they got Freakazoid. So, um, were there blimps in all of them or just Batman? I think no, Tiny, just... Tiny Toons probably Tiny got some blimps. some blimps. A lot of blimps. I'm going to tell you this right now. I think you would love Freakazoid. I think that's a show we need to sit down and watch. <laughs> I was I was trying to take notes while like watching this episode. And then I just said, screw it. But when I looked at my phone at what I had, I had one line. And it was all typoed and it just said, ducking love the blinks. And what that really means. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Ducking love the blimps. I don't know what it was. I was like, these blimps are awesome. So, um, and then I stopped taking notes. That's all the notes that I <laughs> took for this episode. So let's, uh, let's get some initial thoughts about this episode. We are talking about today, we are talking about episode 22 on the production side. And I believe it's episode 7 on the um, broadcast side. This is Joker's Favor. Yeah. Um, so for everyone out there that if you're starting with the show in the broadcast order, so as this aired on TV, this was actually the first appearance of the Joker on the show. Right. So this of, is, of the episodes we covered that yes. are Joker episodes, the order would go if you're on the broadcast side. Joker's favor, this episode, then be a clown, then last laugh, yeah. which is... Wild. Wild. And then distantly Christmas with the yes, Joker. Yes, yes. So this is the fourth Joker episode recovering, but it's the first Joker episode that aired, and it's right. also the first episode and the first appearance ever of probably the most successful thing to come out of the animated series outside of, I guess, Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill playing these roles, um, is Harley Quinn. Right. Harley Quinn is is has become, honestly, she's 
she's one of the biggest sellers DC has right now, one of the biggest characters they've ever had, and created by Bruce Timm and Paul Dini for this show. Um, so I wouldn't want to really want to talk about that. But uh, as a side note, I do have good news. Um, unfortunately, obviously, this year, the bad news this year was that Kevin Conroy passed away. The good news is his, le- his last performance is actually going to be in the Suicide Squad video game that comes out next year. Oh, cool. So we're actually going to get to hear Kevin Conroy do Batman one last time in that video game, which I think is is like, a you know, the best thing that could have happened. So RIP to that. But it's it's cool that it's also, once again, Batman, Harley Quinn again, um, you know, yeah. kind of doing that thing. Yeah. Is she the lead in that video yeah. game? Yeah. I think it's a squad-based game, but uh, I think Harley's the lead in the Suicide Squad. But, you know, you got King Shark. You got all those guys, too. Yeah. Uh, it's funny. This episode is most famous for debuting Harley Quinn, although she's not really herself yeah. in the episode. Yeah. 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 At least not as we know her. Do you know what I mean? I I do know what you mean. (laughs) Like, she's kind of a sketch of the character. Yeah. I guess we could talk about this now, right? Yeah, I think so. So Harley in this episode is basically an elevated goon. Yeah. Right? She doesn't get to really be Harley Quinn yet. But there is the iconic voice, the iconic look... But clearly they had some other ideas about the character, at least initially. From what I read and from the trivia I saw, um, she was supposed to be a one-off character. This was originally supposed to be the Joker in drag, and they didn't like the idea, so they made a a woman, (laughs) a woman kind of thug for Joker. Um, And you know what's funny? It's like we've learned over the years, and Harley Quinn and the Joker have clearly split in the comic books because he was abusive, and it's an abusive relationship. You really do start to see the seeds. He has a new girlfriend to abuse. Yeah, yeah, Punchline. Right. Um, You see the... Yeah, her name is Punchline. Punchline. Yeah. Um, Actually, she's pretty cool. Yeah, she's a good character. Um, You actually start to see the seeds of that here. Um, that Joker's kind of like this dismissive, abusive kind of jerk to Harley, like, in the first appearance. Yeah, though he's not particularly abusive in this episode. Uh, I, so, I watched it again. Yes. So we we actually watched it twice, because yeah. I, I will say this, and I know... We, we unfortunately watch even the terrible ones of you. <laughs> I've watched this one three times. Yeah. But I know, I know we kind of spoke after I watched it the first time, and I was like, I, I need to watch it again. Mm-hmm. I really need to watch it again. Because like, like Mike said, I did not grow up watching this series. I know Harley Quinn from a very, very different place. I met her as almost a different person, and I'm much sure, more familiar yeah. with the Harley Quinn that has her own animated series right now. So, like, right, that's fully on the other side of the arc, right? Of the character, yeah. right? So, I've seen I've seen Margot Robbie portray Harley Quinn. I've seen the animated series. I the animated series to me, like, that's the Harley that like I attach to just because I think I've spent the most time mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. that one. But to go from watching all of those episodes and seeing the, the Margot Robbie and all that, it's very different from going all the way back to the beginning where this was where you meet her. And the first time I watched it afterwards, I was just angry. I was so angry and I couldn't quite put my finger on exactly why, but it, I think it's just because I know who she becomes and I was just upset for her that that's where she was at. Yeah. Right. And I had, I had to watch it again to kind of watch it already knowing that lens of how I saw it to see all the other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wonder, I'm not sure that this character in this episode, look, obviously it is Harley Quinn. Obviously I'm not sure that this Harley Quinn is the same Harley Quinn. I, I mean, I know speaking in terms of continuity, yes, of course, it is the same Harley Quinn. But because the continuity in the animated series is a little loose, 
this doesn't feel like the girl who was his doctor. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. This seems like it's a hired thug. She's a cosmetologist or something like that. She's He's cutting beautician. his hair in yeah. this episode. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, they had a totally, this is a totally different character. And then they were like, what works? Yeah. Well, she works. Let's keep the voice. Let's basically keep the look. Take away the yellow eyes and teeth because we're not keeping that. <laughs> you can't be glamorous with yellow eyes and teeth, right? They give the character some updates, and then kind of each successive time we see her, she's a little bit more fleshed out, and they give her more screen time. Yeah, yeah. no, yeah. I don't, I don't disagree, but um, that—that's why. That's honestly exactly why I was like, I need to watch this again. Right, yeah, you're. I need to watch this again, and we did jump ahead a little bit just so I could see a different episode of, of Harley Quinn. Oh, what else did you watch? Did you um, watch the, the later uh, Quinn? Is, we watched... Uh, Harley and Ivy. We watched Harley and Ivy and we watched Harley's Holiday. Yeah. Great episode. So yeah. I, I asked for that too because I was like, I don't... Okay, so outside of this one episode now, I have this and I have the current Harley Quinn. Yeah, yeah So yeah. there's got to be something in between that that happens clearly, but I'm glad I watched those other two and then went back to this one. Yeah. Um, But it is... It's... It, that, so to answer the initial question, it is very interesting to watch it having been removed 30 years where a lot of other material has been released oh, yeah. to go back to that initial introduction. Yeah. yeah. And I want to be clear. I, I don't think like she has a good showing in this episode. Like I don't mean to say that like <laughs> when I say he's not abusive, I mean to say he is in this episode, but they're not really them yet. Yes. So you don't even see the extent yeah. of the abuse. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, and in general, I think the series doesn't do a great job with women, especially early. I don't think they're thinking about that. I think they start to think about that. Yeah. But right now, we really just have Catwoman is established. Yep. We have Ivy around this time. Yep. Summer Gleason's hanging around. Red Claw. Uh, Red Claw. Red Claw! And, and other than, like, uh, Harvey Dent's fiance yep. grace yeah uh that's really about it yeah uh we don't get too much else right now no they'll get better they will I, they will i will say from from the second watch it she's a character that you're interested in like yeah. you to reiterate like you don't see the full scale of the abuse but like it's you can tell something's off right and that is enough to kind of flip a switch into okay i'm interested in what's going on here now what's her deal Absolutely. Um, let's talk a little bit about Harley Quinn. Um, aside from aside from what we get in this episode and pretty much her history. Now, granted, like we said, um, she's not really the lead in this episode. She's kind of like a, a thug. She does have some moments though that like she has some moments of um, that you get to see who the character she will become. We'll talk about that, I guess, as we go through the scene by scene. This episode is mostly about Joker and how he gets involved in once again, like uh, like in Be a Clown, how he gets involved in. A normal person's life but let's talk about harley quinn for just a little bit just because it's such a, a benchmark character for batman as a character dc comics in general i mean she's essentially and i've said this many times she's essentially become dc's answer to deadpool right she and deadpool are kind of the same coin in my opinion in terms now. of like now this anti-hero kind of you know um subversive bombastic characters that and deadpool 2 grew for a long time he didn't start as the deadpool we know now and total uh, wild card. Until, yeah, and a total wild right. card. And But Harley's like, she's got this anti-hero thing going for her they now. They are certainly each other's opposite number across yeah. the label lines. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, and, and right around the, right from the same time, uh, I like Harley as the anti-hero. I think Kelly Cuoco does a, a great job uh, on the cartoon. But uh, in the original, original Harley Quinn, from what uh, we've been able to gather from the internet, so Harley Quinn for years, years and years, was voiced by Arlene Sorkin. 
um, who is married to talk about Back to the Future, married to Christopher Lloyd. Um, she went to college with Paul Dini. So um, essentially, one thousand percent, this character is just Arlene Sorkin. Right. Well, they, she has her name. She has her name, right? Harley. Harleen. 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 Arlene. Harlene Quinn. Harlene Quinzel. Um, Paul Dini, on 100% based it off of her and a character that she played on, I believe it's Days of Our Lives. She was a character named uh, Calliope Jones, and there's an episode where she's dressed up as a clown, um, where, you know, it's clearly like 100% is her natural speaking voice, it's all that stuff, like her, her like natural accent. Um, so, Which is funny because it's kind of naturally a stock character of this period. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, she's Adelaide. It's yeah. it's a mm-hmm. the gangster's mall. Yeah. Right, we would recognize this character in any movie of this period. Yeah. Just any character. Yeah, sure. Yeah, like exactly. any, anything like that. That's Right. Yeah. Audrey and Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah. Same deal. Boom. Same deal. Yeah. And because we use this Art Deco sort of antiquated style, is it the 30s, the 40s, the 50s? We're not quite sure, but that girl just fits. Yep. You yep. know. Yeah, down to the down to the Brooklyn Jersey accent, you know. Um, so now Sorkin would play Harley Quinn. I, I I like to to like say this because so many people associate um, Harley Quinn with Tara Strong because Tara Strong played Harley Quinn in Arkham City and has played her more recently, but she kind of gets all the credit when when Tara Strong was Batgirl on the animated series. Um, so. Um, so uh, Arlene Sorkin plays Harley Quinn until 2011 with her last, I think, performance was when she played Harley in Batman Arkham uh Right, that's a very long period of time. It's like, yeah. 20, it's like 20 years. That's 20 years, yeah. It's like 20 years. Um, so uh, also just a couple of tidbits about Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn is canonically a Jewish character, so happy Hanukkah. Um and I wonder when when they just came along and decided that. I think I think I I don't know. I don't think that's in there from the beginning. I don't think it's in there from the beginning. But if you look up the list of Jewish superheroes, oh, she's one of them. I I do not doubt this. I just wonder at one point where they're like, yes, she's also Jewish. Yeah, because why not? I mean, the thing absolutely is, absolutely why not? So is Ben Grimm. That's right. It's great. I love it. Isn't Peter Parker? No. Is that a thing? No. I think they. Tr- my, Brian Michael Bendis made him say a bunch of Yiddish things during his All run right. because he figured, uh, you know, he's a he's a guy from Queens, you know, might as okay. well. All right. Um, but that's ne- that's not canonical. I have to put on my uh, theater teacher hat momentarily just to talk Please. about a couple of the uh, the things in the Harley Quinn sort of iconography. So- Look at that hat. That's such a nice hat. <laughs> <laughs> so Harley Quinn, uh, you know. This is her debut. We see the iconic outfit. Um, that outfit is, of course, based on uh, Arlecchino. Yeah. Which is a character from the rich Italian tradition of Commedia dell'arte, which is a kind of uh, palazzo theater style. So you have these traveling troops of actors. They're going around. They're performing these these sort of little comedies in the streets or on small stages and things like that. Like, We're talking about, like, uh, Italian renaissance. Like Pagliacci? Uh, well, he's another one of those characters, yeah. Yeah, so these troops, these comedian troops have stock characters. Arlecchino is one of them. Arlecchino is typically male, yeah. by the way, but that doesn't matter. So they, they kind of take this idea of the Harlequin, right, Arlecchino from this character who, yeah, does acrobatic tricks and stunts and typically has this black and red outfit that they wear with a mask that is not particularly dissimilar to this character. The other thing that they kind of lift from from world theater is this idea that joker and harley are punch and judy yeah right uh 
she literally, by the way, carries the slapstick. That is the yep. giant mallet that she comes to walk around with later. Um, but actually, in terms of Joker and Harley's relationship, yes, they we eventually see that there is emotional abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse, all that stuff going on in this uh, really terrible relationship. I think some of that at least starts off as the uh, the core idea of, of Punch and Judy and Punch and Judy shows, where you have Punch, who's the whole joke is that he's very aggressive. He has this beat stick, and he keeps hitting his nagging wife, Judy, with it, right? So there is something old-world stage about these characters that is kind of baked into the pie of their construction. Well, we've we've also talked a lot at length, and I'm actually not aware of what Punch and Judy is. You guys can maybe let me know what that so, is. Do they have it in the kid? Santa Claus? Yeah. You know when he goes to change in the Santa Claus and there is that yeah. puppet theater and they're like, ah, when he like, his pants fall off and they're oh, like, oh God, that's, that's a oh, Punch yeah, and Judy. Like when we were kids, okay. you know. I know what you're talking about. That's yeah, not yeah, yeah. like a television show or something. No. That's like, you know, hundreds of years old Okay, I get it. Um, no, thank you for the clarification there. It's nice having two, you Anytime. know, theater people on the show. Um, that pattern that she wears is also referred to as Harlequin, right? So that's the pattern. That's Arlequino's yeah, costume. The, pa- the pattern that she wears. Oh, we've talked about this at length on this show about the Joker and this particular version of the Joker. Um, the Joker in Batman the Animated Series isn't a comedian. He's not... You know, he's not a gag comic or anything like that. He's he's, a, a, he's an actor. He's a thespian. He's an actor. He's a thespian. Down to his the way his he's performed, down to his voice, and we see that in this episode the most, uh, probably of all of the episodes so far. Other than like when he winks at the camera and's like, "Time to make my entrance" or whatever, like that. Yeah, be, um, be a clown is overtly yes, him as yes, performer exactly. for sure. Be a clown. So, um, like we said, Joker, this is Joker's first appearance uh, on the broadcast side of things. So you get that wonderful Mark Hamill performance and his um, incredible versatility. uh, How every laugh Mark Hamill does as the Joker is slightly different than the laugh before it. um, And how he adds them in the middle of sentences and does all that stuff. Well, I'll pick up there. I think of the few Joker episodes that we've covered, and I say few, I should say many. At this point, I know, it's been it's four. Four, four out of like twenty-two. Um, yeah, yeah. This is the best of those Joker appearances. It's the best episode for sure. It's the best Joker episode of these. IMO. Yes, we've we've said this before. Joker gets a lot of bites at the apple. He has more episodes than any other villain by a mile. Yeah. Um, but they've not been great episodes yet, and we keep kind of covering the list, so I'm not going to dive back into it. But I would say that I think Joker's ep- uh, Joker's favorite this episode is basically a slightly better version of Be a Clown. Yep. Because the scariest Joker episodes um, tend to be the ones where he infiltrates the lives of ordinary people. Yes, certainly. There is a level of threat and menace that comes along with the Joker as he takes on Batman and other members of the Bat family, right? But when he involves himself in the ordinary lives of a Jordan Hill or a Charlie Collins, right? Suddenly you're like, oh my God, what do you do when this thing enters your life, right? And suddenly it's not very funny. <laughs> yeah, true. What were you going to say, Amanda? Oh, no. Also, just in in addition to that, he was just very, like, his pettiness kind of knew no bounds. Yeah. <laughs> and I was oh, like, okay, you did this one thing to me now. So there's going to be a random time and a random place where I'm going to find you. And yes. ha- being told that you're somebody's hobby <laughs> is just jarring. Oh, it's like, uh Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Um, let's. I mean, we have to talk about him, don't we? Charlie Collins. Oh my God. What? What a. What a sad sack. He is like, um, such an embodiment of like I feel like 
50s bowling dad yeah. culture. Yeah, 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 Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, he's stepped right Meat out of the loaf sitcom. Meatloaf again. Yeah, Which, exactly. Mike, to uh, go back, I do like your meat. Mike, Mike makes a very good meatloaf. I bet. Um, and also all the other things Jordan said at the beginning. Mike's a good cook. I'm not going to say he's not. Thanks for uh, making me all the foods. No problem. Michael makes meatloaf. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I do make a meatloaf every every now and again. But no, Charlie Collins is such like a me, sad, me, sad me, sack. Me, but he's got a me, great ma, theme. Ma. His theme just sounds like farts. Burp, burp. <laughs> <laughs> so is that... <laughs> is that Danny Elfman orchestrated no, farts? No, this is Shirley or is Walker. This when... So Danny Elfman just does the theme. Okay. Shirley Walker is the composer on this series who is like pulling the weight of 30 people. Because this series is scored so perfectly well. Yeah, she essentially Beautiful has like farts. 20 yeah. some odd um, apprentices that are working with her. And then she she scores quite a lot herself. But then she'll give other people sort of designated tasks. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I feel like the... Um, the oh, Charlie Collins though is played by... Um, He's played by Ed Begley, who is the same voice of Germs. Ed Begley Jr., yeah. Ed Begley Jr. Yeah. is the same uh, voice of Germs in Feet of Clay. I wish he was voiced by Ed Begley Sr. This would be the nastiest Charlie Collins of all time. Oh, he's cool. He's in a lot of older stuff. Oh, yeah? Actually, you might know him from the 12 Angry Men movie. Yeah, yeah, He plays yeah. racist juror number 10. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's got a voice. Uh, it's kind of like this. He's just very frustrated. Oh, that's great. That's great. Um, I should, I should he check would be that a good out. Charlie Collins. But no, this, this guy, I love this guy. He's a total wimp. Um, and absolutely just a character from a 50s sitcom yeah. just kind of stepped yeah. off into yeah. into Batman he just and cut the wrong guy off he cut cussed the wrong out, guy I just off. cussed out the Joker that was the Joker oh I'm gonna die <laughs> oh boy oh boy oh boy Lois um uh Imagine like a Honeymooners episode where it's like he's basically stepped out of that right yeah <laughs> yeah yeah like that kind of era uh, let's talk about let's talk about some trivia we've already talked about that uh, Harley was originally supposed to be the Joker in drag um, and they got rid of that and they created a, a new character that's done pretty well for them. So good on Paul Dini and Bruce Tim once again. Jeez. Good job, Paul. Good the job, Joker, Bruce. The Joker appears in drag rather a lot. Yeah. In, that's like in, kind of, in the comics. But also true. It's, you know, yeah. No, he does well, all the time. He's got great cheekbones. So there yeah, is that time in New Adventures that he rolls up his leg. Yeah. <laughs> and, and reveals a, a lovely, very feminine uh, lower leg. <laughs> Like a little low, low heeled, uh, like a kitten heel shoe. Fact: I did uh, one time in my life nair somebody's legs so they could dress up as the the Joker. Yeah, his name is Louis Aquiller, oh, and he's a friend, a friend of, of the ours. Show, Louis I, and he will, will not care if we get we okay, guess good. him on this show. He's not listening. No, to he's this. definitely not listening. And if he does, he'll be like, "Oh, Batman." Oh, okay. You know what I have noticed? I don't think the Joker shaves. I don't no. think the Joker has body hair. No, I don't think he does. I think but he lost it. But luckily for him, he does have hair on his head. Yes. And that is it. That's all he needs, the green hair in his head. So good for him, I guess. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have to worry about any of this. Yes, yeah, not like Charlie Collins. Um, Charlie so- Collins, also, he needs some hair. Yeah. He's got like the ice cream swirl yep, on top. Yep, he does. He does. Aww. He's got the Charlie Brown. Um, Charlie's, um, which is probably why his name is Charlie Collins. Uh, Joker, at some point in this episode, even refers to him as Charlie Brown. Uh, Charlie's physical appearance is based on jeez, I feel so bad. Paul Dini. It's based on Paul, Paul Dini. Dini. They wow. bought they based the 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 uh, his look on Paul Dini. So Bruce Tim was the mad bomber. Yes, but Bruce Tim was and the mad Paul bomber. And Paul Dini is Charlie Collins. Like you yeah, not a good not not good for Paul Dini, I Come guess. Come on guys, you could have looked like anything you wanted. Yes, I know. And they these are the characters. Listen, they um, they're happy with themselves. I guess yes. so. I mean, they did make the best animated show of all time. There we go. They did. Um Charlie Collins driver's license says that Gotham is in New York. Yes. Correct. That's right. We had to stop the the screen on that. Yeah. When we were it watching, we were New like, York. pause this. Hold on. 
The comics canonically say Jersey, New, New Jersey, which is total bullshit. Batman's not from New Jersey. I'm sorry. Listen, love to Jersey. I got family in Jersey, but like, listen, guys, Gotham City is clearly just New York City. They just don't like Washington Irving, I guess. So Washington Irving, do you know the origin of that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. His, he's got whatever whatever book that is. It's like um... he was the first author to refer to New York City as Gotham City, yeah. and then Bob Kane, Bill Finger ran with that and. Uh, you can't tell me Gotham City. I, I don't know. I guess they just don't care about the lore of like the origin of where that name comes from. I think they're just like, oh, yeah, well, we also want to have New York City in the book, so put Gotham City in New Jersey. It just doesn't work. I mean, look at a map of Gotham City. It's New York City. Yeah, it's completely New York City. Um, New York, New York. It's a hell of a town. <laughs> um, so Harley's disguised in this show, uh, some more trivia for you, as the chauffeur. When she's the chauffeur, is actually... Um, the inspiration for Mercy's design later on in Justice League. Uh, in I Justice love League, Mercy. yeah, Mercy's. Uh, Mercy. For those of you who don't know who Mercy is, Mercy is Lex Luthor's bodyguard, bodyguard. slash super powered. Uh, she's super powered, right? She's like super strong. I guess so. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. I think she's she's got some sort of strength going on because she, no, she's like crazy strong. But I don't remember like how she acquires her powers or how strong she is. Yeah, yeah. Um. Also, like you said, Jordan, we talked about Harley Quinn is not a, uh, she's not a, a um, psychologist in this show yet. They, they add that later. Um, when the Joker orders Rocco and Henshaw, who are his uh, frequently used henchmen, are those names references to anything? I looked it up. It's not. It's apparently. not. He just likes those Rocco just, and Henshaw. Yeah. yeah. Well, unlike yeah. the hyenas, which we'll get later, are yes. Bud and Lou, as yeah. in, you know, Abbott and Costello, um, I, I don't know if if Rocco and Henshaw are referenced to something, listeners, please write write us and let us know. My yeah. internet search yielded nothing. Oh, okay. Um, when they applaud him, when they applaud the Joker when he's talking about, you know, essentially crashing Commissioner Gordon's party, Henshaw is shown reading a uh, a Tiny Toons Adventures right. comic the book. Easter egg for so us, there's yeah. the Easter eggs for those folks who started working on this. Um, so pretty much Paul Dini, Bruce Tim, Tom Ruger, and Andrea Romano all worked on Tiny Toon Adventures, which is probably why Tiny Toon Adventures is so good. Um, and our last little Easter egg here, uh, during the pan of Springdale, Ohio, where Charlie Carlins goes to live when he's in witness protection as, what, what did he say? His, I forget what his name becomes. Um, we do see Sherman Grant and Roberta from the episode, I've Got Batman in My Basement, drive by quickly as just kind of a nod of the cap to, I guess, suburbia. I don't think it's not a cap to suburbia. I think this is plot. Oh, I think yeah. this is where the government keeps dumping people in witness protection because if the penguin gets out of Stonegate, he's going to go back and kill that kid. Yeah. So they relocate him to Springdale, Ohio. After he insulted his mother's choice of art. <laughs> yeah, it's just he, Sherman's a little too conspicuous there. So I think we're supposed to be like, oh, okay. So he, that kid's okay. They, they yes. put him in Ohio. Yes. And R Roberta too. Roberta. Because we don't see them again otherwise. No. So no. good for them. Good they for got them. out. The junior detectives. All right, folks, are we ready to jump into the episode? You got anything else you want to say, Amanda, before we hop in? Nah. Yeah. Nice. All right. All right, folks. Season one, episode 22, Joker's Favor. Uh, we got the theme song. We got a title card. It's a Polaroid of a family with Joker's silhouette behind it. It's such a good title it's a very card. Good title card. It is so menacing. It's it's yeah. The Joker is just the Joker is super evil, and this episode is just like yep, yep, yep. The Joker is just it's just a really horrible. good title card. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because and this this episode is 
maybe the best example of that. It's really this and be a clown for this feeling specifically. The kind of menace that the Joker displays in this episode is, it's like queasy. It's like, oh, my normal life has been perverted by yeah. this man, right? It's it's destroyed. And in the same way that like when he's like hanging out with Jordan Hill in, in Be a Clown, it's just like, oh no, you've abducted this child. This is not okay. Yeah. Like you almost want observatory cannon at yeah. that point. Yeah. You know, you want him to have a giant toy soldier or something like that because this is worse. Also, he's not doing this to get at Batman. Like Batman's almost like a non-issue in this episode. He's not going after Batman. Right. It, well, I don't want to jump to the no, go for to later on in the go episode. Jump away. But the, I found it very fascinating how Joker, when he's like in the position of power, is like in full control. And the second that anything happens <laughs> towards him, he's like, Batman, where's Batman? I need help. And it's like. That is a very funny reversal. Just, yeah. It's fascinating. And Batman's just like, yeah, I'll, I'll help you. And the whole time, <laughs> otherwise, they're fighting against each other. So when he comes into like. Yeah. It, it's just, it's very, it's very interesting. It's because Joker's a coward. It's very and he knows, telling. Yes. And he knows that Batman won't kill him. That's why. Mm-hmm. He knows Batman won't kill him, but he's not sure anyone else won't. Like, yep. what's to stop Two-Face from putting two bullets in Joker's face? Sure. Batman. Right. Right? So Batman and Joker almost, we can do this dance. Are they frenemies? Forever. Is that really Batman what? and Joker? Yeah. Uh, no, they're, they're straight up say, enemies. I would say extreme frenemies. Yes. But like, well, it's they're constantly fighting. But then when it comes down to it, it's like, yeah, I guess I'll save you again. Like, it's, oh, is that yes. It? Of course. Because it can't be otherwise. Otherwise, right. you know. I don't think. Okay. I'm going to run with this, what you said, Amanda. I don't think on Batman's side they're frenemies. I oh, think Joker loves Batman. Bat- Joker loves Batman. Loves Batman. Loves Batman and yes, probably thinks of him as him. his friend. Yeah. Yes, yes, that is true. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Uh, but no, to, to just explore your tangent a bit, there are many heroes, Batman included, where you are fighting this villain for so long, at some point the two of you do have camaraderie and even friendship and even occasionally team up and fight things together. That really doesn't happen with Joker. Joker's just too evil. But Batman has other villains. I mean, some of them are just baked right in like that, like Catwoman. Yeah. Uh, but there are some villains just like over the years, even like a Ra's al Ghul or something like that, where Batman's just kind of like, yeah, I, I just, I respect him. We can yeah. work together on yeah. this. Their you know, rivalry we'll turns into a mutual respect. Sure. Just... I mean, we get that way with Penguin, with Riddler, uh, you know, the, Mr. Freeze. There there are many, Poison Ivy, many villains this way. Uh, certainly by now, Harley Quinn, yeah. you know. Yeah, in, well, in to, current the point, continuity. to the point to, to the point in current continuity in like the most recent season of Harley Quinn. Um, oh, it's a spoiler, so I probably well, shouldn't say it. Um, she's having an internal yeah, struggle. Yes, but you know that's, that's, there have been times in the comic books and in the in movies they've done, and even in this show where Batman pretty much goes to Harley like you're better than this. Mm-hmm. Like he knows there's a hero in there as early as the animated series, like in Harley's Holiday. He, he even says that everyone deserves a second chance. Sure. Um, specifically to her. We'll have a longer discussion about this point, but I want to kind of pin it up there now so we yeah. remember to come back to it. Yeah. I I love Harley Quinn, and I love that she's an anti-hero now, and I love all the changes to the character. That's great. Put Harley aside for a second. They have a hard time with just letting the girl characters be evil. Yep. Mm-hmm. They yeah. don't let any of them really do it for long. Yeah. Right? And if they do let them be that way, it is like the most sympathetic possible story. Yeah. So they have a full excuse. So they don't really let the girls have any fun at one point. Yeah. You know what I mean? Even our villains or our villainesses, is that even a word? To this point, uh, you know, Catwoman 
extreme activism, yeah. right? She's trying to save animals, right? Poison Ivy, extreme activism. She's trying to save plants, right? Harley Quinn will eventually arc over being one of the Joker's henchmen into being a Batman ally and anti-hero. It's like, what female Batman villain is there that is just allowed to be evil? You could bring up from much later in this series, like Baby Doll or yeah. someone like that, but she's a character who is so heartbreakingly tragic. You're like, basically, just let her do what she wants. I mean, uh, Red Claw. <laughs> Red, okay, yeah, sure, Red Claw. Red okay. Claw. All right, so back to the episode. That um, is interesting, though. We, yeah. we, we start to hear a bouncy circus theme played, uh, written by Paul Dini and directed by Boyd Kirkland. So Paul Dini wrote this episode. Thank you, Paul Dini. All right, we cut to ga- traffic on the Gotham Freeway. Don't you hate the traffic on I the Gotham Freeway? I just hate that traffic. It's the worst. It's the worst. Am it's, I right? It's the worst. Oh, now I gotta go home and have meatloaf. Oh, I ah. bet you she made meatloaf again. I'm Charlie. Oh, boy, oh, I hope I didn't forget my bowling ball at home. <laughs> oh, what did Junior do now? He scraped his knee. He needs braces. Um, we get a radio report that lets us know that someone armed and dangerous has escaped prison today. It's the Joker. <laughs> I feel like that's every day. Every day in Gotham, right? Yeah. Good morning. It happened again. <laughs> Guess what, guys? <laughs> Batman once again didn't didn't uh, didn't keep this guy locked away. There's like a little enough. plot hole almost right away, which is that the reason why there is traffic is because the Joker has escaped Arkham. Yeah. But Joker is caught in the traffic. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that's very Joker, though. <laughs> that is very Joker. Yeah. Um, so, um, Charlie is lamenting on how terrible his life is because now (laughs) they cut into the baseball game, um, because now he can't hear the baseball game because the, uh, of the news report. Um, no, his boss had a baseball. Oh, taking the game away. Uh, the boss I took... got thirty bucks on that. <laughs> the boss turned him down for promotion. Thirty smackaroos. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thirty scuttles. Uh, comb your hair. Um, the boss turned <laughs> the burst to- the boss turned him down for a promotion. His his kid needs braces, and his wife is making meatloaf again. I guess meatloaf is I bad. I like meatloaf. I, like I do meatloaf. too. What's the problem with I don't meatloaf? Know. You know what though? Spider Man apparently inspired in the Amazing Spider Man. Apparently, the meatloaf Aunt May's meatloaf isn't very good either. So you know this I, was. I get it. It's like a cheap dish. A family could you know have. Meat, which is expensive typically, but you have meatloaf, it's cheap. Maybe people, I love meatloaf. Jordan, meatloaf want, would be a special day in my house. I will make yeah. you a meatloaf if you meatloaf, want. The, you heard potatoes. it here on this podcast. Mike has vowed to make me a meatloaf. I'll make you a meatloaf. I, I do it with a nice, a nice, like, sweet glaze on top of is it. Is it a ketchup glaze? Ketchup and brown sugar, and, brown sugar. and uh, it's ketchup and brown sugar, a little bit of honey. Sounds Worcestershire sauce. Worcestershire. Worcestershire. And I, I use a mix of beef, pork, and veal. Worcestershire. 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 Well, the three hardest things to say in life are, I'm sorry, I was wrong, and Worcestershire sauce. Worcestershire sauce. Yes. Worcestershire. So uh, we see co- squad cars interrupt <laughs> Charlie's driving as he pulls aside. Following those cars is the Batmobile. Ah, well, look, look at you, one percenter. Uh, wondering how they all <laughs> they all make it through traffic. How is the Batmobile getting through traffic? I don't know. It's, it's the Batmobile. Roads where he's going. He doesn't need roads. <laughs> no, no. uh, Welcome to the Back to the Theater podcast. Um, uh, actually, we yeah. are host uh, Amanda Mack. Hey. Um, Charlie continues to continues the pity parade on himself. Um, he is like just a total wet blanket. Um, Charlie is then cut off by another car and he's had it. That's it. Finally, the nerd is getting revenge. He gives into his road rage and he begins to speed <laughs> after the other car. Uh, Charlie sideswipes this other car as we start to hear like this his theme play, which is like doot 
which is like this farty, (laughs) jazzy music. Jazz farts? Yeah, jazz farts. And we see the other driver is the Joker in a hat. And Charlie begins to yell at the Joker without realizing he's the Joker. And um, But once again, we see the Joker who turns and looks at Charlie very slyly. And when Charlie notices this, he shrinks down in his seat and he begins to drive off. Uh, Charlie says something along the lines of like, I want to give you my, t- if I could give you my two cents and he raises his fist to him to threaten him. Does he say, hey, bucko? I think he might say something like, hey, bucko or something along those lines. Hey, fuck face. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. That's what I would have said. Yeah, yeah. I would have given him the what for. Yeah, you would have told him. You would have uh, showed that joker who's give boss. Him the business. Yeah. The straight dick. <laughs> Ducking love the blinks. <laughs> So so he uh, Charlie drives away and he goes, oh, that was the Joker. I just cussed out the Joker. There was no cussing, by the way. Nobody cussed on the show. It was an implied cuss. It was an implied cuss. And then we see the Joker smile. The worst kind. As his the- exactly. <laughs> the worst. As his theme starts to invade Charlie Collins' theme. His theme starts to invade Charlie Collins' theme like his car is starting to invade Charlie Collins' space. And um, yeah, it was the, kind of farty too, though. Yeah, the Joker's theme—that's the thing. It's it's kind of very jaunty, but then the second you do anything to it, if you distort it, you bring the tempo down. Yeah. whatever you do, Farts. it becomes very menacing. It's farty because Charlie's theme is farty. It's not typically farty. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of circus. I'm kind of still caught on jazz farts, and I'm wondering like, jazz what does one need to is eat a better in order name to incur jazz farts? Jazz I don't need to, to explore that. Jazz more, beans. But that's jazz beans. Jazz, jazz beans. beans. Yeah, jazz beans. Ah. Do a little jambalaya. Yeah, jambalaya jazz with beans. beans. Um, Taco jazz. Yeah. Are you okay, Mike? Mike's nah, just breaking things. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Um, and then he chases Charlie down, and uh, we get this kind of cool switch back and forth between them and their motifs and this stuff and their themes going on, which is cool. And I love how uh, I love how the music kind of bounces back and forth here. Um, Joker continues to chase Charlie, uh, but Charlie, you know, does his best driving work for a normal bowling dad. To uh <laughs> to evade him, and then uh, Joker really doesn't give up because he's the Joker and he's a lunatic. Uh, and then we see Joker in Charlie's rear rear view mirror. Charlie cuts off multiple lanes trying to get off at the right. next there's, exit. There's really nothing he can do. No, the Joker's done. The Joker is going to find him and kill him, like <laughs> Liam Neeson in all those Taken movies. There's three of those, right? There are three Taken movies. Three Taken. But movies. then there's also like he made a bunch that was like Taken with a wolf, <laughs> Taken on a plane. <laughs> Yeah. It's just the same movie. You ever think there's a movie called Taken? <laughs> Taken with a Wolf is called The Gray and Taken on a Plane. I forget the on the plane one. I forget what it's, it's like called. It's like a hijacking on a plane. He has to kill everybody on the plane. I don't know. Something. It's basically just Liam Neeson just karate chopping people. I have a question. Take it in space. Can they do That's a movie? Next. They should do a movie called Took. <laughs> is that a, what's a sequel, a prequel? What is that? I don't know. Um,. I took it, and then it was taken. It's just Hook, but Liam Neeson is like CGI incorporated over it. Oh, it's just, he's just karate chopping pirates exactly. in the existing it's film. That'd be hook. pretty good. That might be better than Hook. Yeah, Phil Collins is, uh, is still in it. Easy oh. lover. <laughs> All right. Um, Joker continues to chase Charlie, because as Jordan said, he's, he's done. Um, but Charlie continues to evade him. Um, Charlie drives off into some back alleys thinking he escaped the Joker. However, the Joker cuts him off at the pass and Charlie backs up. But like, I don't know why he's trying to get away from him at this point. Like he's done. Eventually, Charlie leaves his fucking vehicle, which... Well, because it dies. Right. I mean, 
Yeah, there's really nothing he could have done. I guess he could have driven to the police station, but of course Joker is waiting for this guy. Yeah, Joker Joker wants this guy. He doesn't like that the guy, you know, cursed him out and sideswiped his car and did all this stuff. So when Charlie's car eventually breaks down, just making his week that much worse. It's like, how would you add on top of it? It's like, uh, he didn't get a promotion. His wife's making meatloaf. His kid needs bracers. And the Joker wants to kill me. Well, that's, you know, and that's that's the cosmic joke of this episode, right? You have the, the, the overt joke, which is that the Joker's favor is something that seems so simplistic, right? Mm-hmm. Just wants you to open the door. But the cosmic joke here is just like, oh, you think you're having the worst day of your life? Now it's the worst day of your life. Exactly. Right? That's... The, the big joke it also is one of those things where it's just like no matter how bad the day is like don't forget to be a human being because you things can go from bad to very 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 bad well but very quickly he is correct to yell at joker joker yeah. is not driving well no he's driving poorly he's a poorly. menace he's a menace a menace to society vehicular fuckery at its finest that's right yeah it's right um so so eventually when charlie gets out of his car he, he's like i think i finally got you know he thinks he beat him he did not he did not uh he kind of like sits off by a tree to kind of like catch his breath and then the joker comes out of nowhere and he's like he throws two pennies at him which is hilarious well here's my two here's your two cents and he goes and now what were you going to do to me um the joker is kind of messing with charlie's like playing with his his food right before he eats it and what I love from the Joker in this part is he turns to he turns to Charlie Collins. He goes, you know, and he says to him, "We can't just keep have people cursing at each other on the freeway. It's simply not polite, you know." Which is like, I get it, but at the same time, he's going to murder this guy for it, right? Um, which is just such a it's such a funny, hip, a hypocritical thing, perfectly in the Joker's line of chaotic thinking. Yeah. You know? Um, and Joker's incredibly scary at, in this scene. Like, this is not fun, fun Joker. This is scary again, Joker. Again, Joker is less scary when he's going up against someone like Batman. Because we know Batman is equipped to handle him. Joker picking on someone who's just an ordinary person is, it, yeah. it has that menace. Yeah. So then when Charlie eventually realizes the Joker's going to kill him, he'd rather take the chances with his wife's meatloaf and <laughs> starts begging for his life and tells the Joker that he'd do anything for him. Um, and Joker goes, anything? Anything. And uh, he agrees, and the Joker goes, wallet. Demands his wallet. And Charlie's like, I don't have much money. My favorite thing about the Joker in this episode is he pretty much just goes like, come on. I don't want your money. Down. So Joker kind of, it's, it's kind of insulting to the Joker that Charlie would assume that he wants his cash. Sure. Plus the Joker has millions. He's got the Joker's millions. Yeah. Yeah. That he does. That's another episode, isn't it? It sure is. Yeah. Is it a good one? I yeah. forget. Oh, uh, it is a good one. It is very good. Very good. So um, instead of instead of taking money and stuff from Charlie, he actually just takes his license, and that's when we see that Gotham City's in New York, because uh, Charlie lives in Gotham Estates, New York. And Joker says to him, "I'm going to call upon you at some point to do me a favor." And Charlie's like, "Okay." great and then he leaves and goes into witness protection (laughs) that is just so much worse right yeah not the witness protection owing this guy a favor is the worst possible thing because Mm -hmm. now it's just looming over you forever constantly yeah right always right yeah yeah no it's like and joker is the kind of person that would like show up out of like the pipes from your toilet bowl also like he would just (laughs) be like and now i'm here (laughs) like unannounced in in event in your house somehow like just the only bomb on this situation is that I wonder if Charlie Collins is just so guileless 
to think that he is actually protected in witness protection? Does he think he's actually safe? It seems that way. Because we get yeah. the, the two years later two years later jump transition. He's, you know, playing catch or whatever the fuck he's doing in witness protection. He seems pretty happy. Like, the phone calls seem surprising well, to him. Isn't he like, how'd you find me? Well, like exactly. Because he doesn't get on the phone like, I knew this day would come. He yeah. authentically is surprised. So yeah. I guess maybe he does not live the, with the same sense of dread that, say, I would have. If the Joker was like, I'm going to call you sometime, right? I would not have a life. I'd yes. be, like, suicidal for two years. I think the best person to have gone to in this instance would be Batman. Right, but I'm saying I think actually Charlie gets it a little bit easier because he's Charlie. Yes. Right? Yes. Like, I really think he thinks he's safe. Well, he yeah. thought he was safe when he got to the tree. So, like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and this, he wasn't. You know. He's like, oh, I finally escaped the Joker. And the oh, Joker's like, good. here's your two cents. I'm hiding behind this tree. He can never find me now. Hey, Batman, I'm going to melt you like a grilled cheese sandwich. Um, oh, that's, the, that's the Tim Curry yeah, Joker. Yes, Tim Curry Joker. It's terrible. Um, so now we get we, we do get the two year time jump. Before we get to um, you know Springdale, Ohio, there is a scene that we want to talk about where uh, we get we go to the GCPD, and Gordon is uh, he's speaking with Bullock, our favorite detective, um, who's eating a donut, of course. And Bullock is kind of arguing with with Gordon. Gordon doesn't want to go to this like testimonial that's being given in his honor for all of the work that Gordon's done for the city, and and. <laughs> And Harvey Bullock's response is like, what, free eats and you get your picture in the paper? Oh, Bullock. I love Bullock. I really do. I've, I've really grown to like this character. We have a huge Bullock episode coming up next I know, week, actually. I know, I Vendetta. Vendetta. Week, it's a, a Bullock and Killer Croc episode. It's a really very good, ep- very good episode. We get a lot of Bullock in this series. Yeah. But it looks great. And Robert Costanzo does a great job. I love Sandra Bullock. She's amazing. Yeah, I mean. She, she would be great in this series. Yeah, she's great in, as Miss Congeniality. Um, so this is at the Gotham Peregrinators Club. Did anyone look up what is a Peregrinator? I I don't think this is a thing in our real world. This is like a secret society. Is it like the Peregrine Falcons? We were going to look it up during sure. the episode and then didn't, and then I forgot. So hold on. I took this to I'll be like a, a Masons or a Rotary or even yeah. or even if you want to go literary, this could be like the Diogenes Club or something like that. I can't type at all with the word that happened when I tried to type Peregrinator. Uh-huh. I think this is just, it's the muckety mucks of the city. It's the high society people looking to bestow honors. Uh, one who peregrinates. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, dictionary. But um, meaning like a falconer or something like that? To journey or travel from place to place, especially on foot. Oh, look at that. To travel through or over traverse. Also, okay. this picture of well, a bug. So I sense. don't know if this is a peregrinator. Well, you a peri- can't see that's it. That's a peregrinator beetle. I'm holding up a picture. You okay. have no so idea. Google I think, peregrinator beetle. That's what I'm looking at. I thought it was some kind of bird. Well, the club that they go... Well, well the peregrine, peregrine falcon, falcon is oh, a okay. bird. Yeah. Yeah. That, those are the birds that live in New York City. Okay. Um, Not to be confused with the peanut butter falcon. That's right. I'm just going to take it that this is like a high society club. Yeah. And the club that they live at... Uh, the club that they live at, geez. The club that they are operating out of where the event is, is filled with... Like the history of travel, right? There's a there's a train in there. There's right. planes mm-hmm. and stuff. So it's it's some sort of high society based around there is transportation. Also, we will get to this. There is also a blimp, a fully recreated temple, like with temple traps. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Like they recreated the traps. Yeah. Why would they do that? I don't. Indiana Jones. It's wild. It belongs in a museum. It makes no sense. So yeah. So Bullock doesn't. Uh, Bullock wants Gordon to go to this thing, and he doesn't want to go. He doesn't even think it should exist. And then Gordon goes into his office, and Batman's there because Batman and Gordon finally have a relationship. Thank God. Got him, get him, Bruce. 
fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> I should have studied dance. Um, so Batman's just hanging out there. He didn't need to call him on the secret bat phone. Um, and, and, you know, uh, Gordon goes to Batman. He goes, so you should be giving the, getting the, getting the award here. And Batman goes, I'm just the night shift. Which is probably the line of the episode, yeah. even though it's this early. It's very good. Yeah. Batman says to him, he's just the night shift. Gordon deals with this mess 24 hours a day. Uh, I just like that when we see Batman and Gordon as friends. Yeah. So we had this a bit in Cat in the Claw. Yeah. We don't get too much of their relationship. Otherwise it's very, very slight. Yes. Yes. Very slight. Very, very slight. Gordon then shows the he shows the invitation uh, for the testimonial, and it's used like a lot of newspapers, invitations, TV stuff. It's used as a transition. Um, we then see uh, darts being thrown at this invitation on a while it's on a wall, and it's a Joker. He's throwing darts at Gordon's face uh, while he's turned around, so his back is towards the his back is towards the invitation that's pinned to the wall, and the Joker is using a mirror to throw darts at. He's, and he's doing, doing he's doing the Buster Scruggs. Yeah, he's doing the Buster Scruggs. He's doing pretty good. He's doing pretty good. Um, and then Joker hops on the desk uh, where we see Harley Quinn for the first time in full costume, filing her nails, sitting on the desk as well. And Joker thinks, Joker's main beef with this whole episode is that he thinks he should have been invited to Gordon's testimonial based on all of the hours of work that he has given to the GCPD. Again, characteristically Joker, as Amanda said, he's the pettiest petty thing ever. Yes, Yes, and then we get another aspect of what we said before, where Joker is this kind of performer, where this version of Joker is based on him being an actor. He's a thespian, because when he when he finishes his kind of rant, um, he bows and Harley cheers for him as though he's a stage actor. Sure, there's also a little bit of a cheerleader vibe we've gotten from the past episodes, including this one too. But he's just very vain. Yes, you know he probably he's... thinks the show's about him. Absolutely. <laughs> Don't you, don't you. But she whistles, she claps, she cheers for him like, and he bows like, like an actor at their final bow at at curtain call. Um, And this is, we see the goons don't clap right away and Joker kind of like looks at them and the goons kind of like nudge each other to actually Those goons would be dead in the comics. (laughs) Yes, they would. He would have just pulled out a giant pistol and blew their heads off. Um, That's where we see the Tidy Toons book. And um, Joker like kind of pushes Harley aside. Um, We kind of get like a, ooh, uh, as he, as she does this, and he just kind of doesn't have respect for her space. Um, and uh, Harley asks him, "Are you going to call in a specialist?" Uh, uh, to which Joker reveals, "No, he's going to call in an old friend because Joker wants to go to this event." So Harley's Harley's asking him if she's going to call someone to help him get into this event and attend Gordon's testimonial. And Joker says, "I'm going to call an old friend who owes me a favor." And that's how we get. Old Charlie back in the mix. And then he pulls out he pulls out the license. I really like to think that Joker has been holding this on his physical person for two years. Yes. Just when am I going to pull out that Charlie Collins Ooh, card? Charlie Collins. There's um, his wallet, and then there's Charlie's wallet. <laughs> right. Always. I've always had this wallet. Well, Char- he does, like you said, he does mention that Charlie was his hobby. Um, this is when we get that scene. We transition to suburbia. Charlie's playing catch with his, his son. Everything looks great. We see... Oh, we also have... Amazing 50s TV trope. Charlie's wife is a beautiful woman. She's totally hot. Why is she with this schlub? Honeymooners right. and all those. That's every That's every show, right? And that trope lasted for decades. Decades. I mean... It the, did. It's still happening. Is it on air now? Because now there's been a lot of pushback to that. Well, I would, I would imagine there is. But um, 
I feel like I feel like that's kind of the basis for like every family based sitcom. We call well, these that's... interfacial relationships. Oh yeah, that's what... that is a joke. There's oh. the show now, which I still <laughs> haven't that's seen. Like it. Ugly person, pretty person, <laughs> interfacial. Got, got it. Um, Go on. That's that show with oh what the fuck is her name? Annie um, Murphy. Annie Murphy. Yeah, Kevin can fuck himself, which yeah. I haven't seen yet. It's on AMC. I need to see it. Is but that it, with very attractive female, very ugly male? Well, it it breaks down kind of that whole structure, and Annie Murphy plays that the wife in that, and there's two. Again, haven't seen it. Could be wrong, but this is what it made it seem like, and it seems awesome. Um, but there's two stark styles, and one is that sitcom style where like she's trying to present as that like sitcom wife and in the and then cut to she goes into like the kitchen or another room or something where she's not with him and it's a totally different show right where like she's introspective in her head about like what is this relationship why am i here like so it kind of turns that on its head and that's the current portrayal of it i'm sure there's still shows that have that yeah, yeah but, I mean um, that was kind of like every show, every not every sitcom, but but many that was of the them. that was the cookie cutter. Like, okay, yeah. here's what you need for a family sitcom. Yeah, and that right. it was just it the, evolved the standard. A, it I think, evolved is, a bit in our time. Yes, where it evolved to working dad, working mom. Yeah, right, and then the glamorousness of the wife, the glamour of the wife didn't seem to matter as much. But yeah, forever it was dad looks like whatever, and mom has to be a supermodel. Married to children. That I think that's that's commenting on it. That's like a deconstruction. Yeah, it was actually like that, on right? on recently this weekend. I hadn't watched it in like maybe a decade, and it was just on. I think logo this weekend, and oh, I yeah? just left it on. I was like, this show is fucking great. Oh, Married with Children is excellent. Um, but so you're right. I mean, this really goes back to the honeymooners. Honeymooners. My, my yes. I mean, that that that's sort of I think the original. But like that. even like The Simpsons and Family Guy and all those shows did the same thing. Uh, but it's the, also the Simpsons are already deconstructing that. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're doing it on purpose to deconstruct because right. Marge not, like, is not supposed to be glamorous. No. You but know, but you know she's more like to me like a Jill Taylor. She's supposed to be like, all right, I my husband's an idiot. Yeah, I am the one that holds the family together. Yeah, right. No, you're right. You're right. Um, that's why her hair's so big. It's full of secrets. Full of secrets and a money jar. Well, it's her hair was so big because she was supposed to be one of those space rabbits. <laughs> from, Is that true? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Marge's original and and in the video game in the arcade game when Marge gets electrocuted, her skeleton. Her right? skeleton is the rabbit skeleton. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's that was awesome. early on. She was supposed to be one of those rabbit, giant rabbits. Wow. Um, well, like I said, we're talking about the greatest animated series of all time, The Simpsons. Simpsons. Yeah. Um. So so while while Charlie's out uh, playing catch with his son, he gets a phone call and he's like, "I'm gonna go in and get it. I'll be right out." And then uh, we hear Joker's voice on the line referring to him as Charlie. And Charlie goes, hey, my name is Don. You got the wrong number, mister. And Don Wallace must be someone. It has to be. It has to be someone. I couldn't find it. Yeah, I couldn't either. There is an actor, Don Wallace, but he has nothing to do with this. No. Maybe they were friends. Who knows? Maybe. So so we do see... So Charlie's like, uh, all right. And Joker's like, you're going to get on the next plane to get over here. Because we cut to Joker getting a haircut by Harley. Um, he's still talking, talking to Charlie. And Charlie asks how Joker found him. And this is when Joker reveals to uh, Charlie that he was his hobby. And then the Joker laughs maniacally, knocking the phone off the desk, disrupting the haircut. Do we think both her careers are possible? What, that she could be a psychiatrist and a haircut? And a, no, and I mean, a, it's possible that yes. she did one and then it didn't work out and then she went to another, right? Yeah. Honestly, I have a lot of friends who are hairstylists. Right. And the amount of free therapy that you get in those... Uh, <laughs> Listen, best best free therapist... Uh, the people who are often referred to as free therapists are what? Hair, 
bartenders and and hair uh, hairdressers. Yeah, they're typically referred to as therapists because people just unload everything. They on just them. talk to you. Yeah, but I I didn't do any research. I just, I think it is possible. I I kind of took it away that this could be her origin, but maybe it is. Maybe she went to high school. Maybe she went to try to do some hairstyling first, and then said, "No, I want to, I want a more involved career than this." Yeah, I mean that's perfectly feasible that you could have both careers. Like, I mean, how, how many people do stuff like that in real life? Um, Listen, everyone uh, has a brain and everyone has this little hair situation up top. Even if it's a no hair situation up top, that's still a hair situation. So that's a way to connect with people. Right. Let me tell you, Joker's got a distinct haircut. Oh, yeah. He really does. And and Harley does a good job. It has a shape. It does. Real good shape. Um, So, you know, he tells him to listen up Charlie Brown, which I found hilarious because he's just (laughs) such a... It's the hair. It's the body. It's the hair. It's everything. Um, And he tells him he needs to be on the next flight to Gotham. Uh, and he also tells him to keep it to himself or bad things happen to people who gossip. And that's when we see Joker's goons driving through uh, Charlie's town. And then Charlie looks out the front window. He sees his wife and his kid. They wave at him and he sees the car and he's kind of like, oh. And then we hear Joker say, capiche, Carlo? Uh, obviously evoking imagery or whatever, a nod to the Godfather. And Charlie then agrees to go to Gotham. We then cut and Charlie has just landed in Gotham and he picks up a newspaper which shows Batman uh, and the headline Batman breaks up bookie ring uh, I really appreciate this episode it actually moves very fast very fast this is a very quick moving episode yes absolutely and um, Charlie like picks up the he picks up the newspaper and looks at it and he goes if only I had a way to call him referring to Batman so we have yet to get a bat signal in this show so this is the first episode where we have one yes not the bat signal no, but, but a, a bat, bat signal. signal yeah not the Willie Nelson but a Willie Nelson um, that's from Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Right over my head. Yes. Um, <laughs> Number one in the hood, G. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so Charlie leaves the airport. He's stopped by a blonde woman uh, dressed up completely as a driver. This is Harley in her chauffeur's outfit. Well, he almost... He almost leaves. He almost tells the cops. Oh, yeah, he does almost There's tell the a, cops. There's a group right, of police right. officers there. You see that moment. It's like the one smart fucking thought this guy has all episode other than that signal. It's like, I could just tell the police what's wrong right now, yeah. but Harley will kill him. And then Harley just goes, hi! You know, uh, I forget exactly <laughs> what she says, but she gets his attention, um, and, and she's um, she's dressed up as a driver, and, um, and uh, they get in the car, and they drive off, and uh, we cut to Joker's hideout, and he says, jump in Jiminy Christmas, it's Charlie Collins, <laughs> which is a great line, I love it. And Harley's back in her normal costume, and she brings Charlie to Joker. And Joker's, like, aggressively friendly to Charlie. He's like, how you doing, man? You look great. Lost a little weight. Lost a little hair, too. You know, kind of, like, just messing with him like he's someone he hasn't seen before in a long time. Uh, and uh, and then he goes, well, it's time to do the favor. And he'll send him back home. Uh, right back home after the favor is done, uh, which we can assume that the Joker, I guess, is 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 lying. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Well, he does say later in the episode that he was going to plan to send him home. And we'll get back to that. Um, and then we see the Peregrinators Club, the exterior of that. Uh, later, that this is actually used in Harley and Ivy when they uh, bombard that. They bombard something later and they do something. They wreck, wreck house uh, in their episode at this same club later on in the episode in the series. And we see a, uh, a clown van drive off Mark. Crazy, ugh, crazy clown catering. I must stop again. <laughs> again. <laughs> If you have a circus in town and it's abandoned, burn it down. If you have a toy factory, <laughs> in Gotham, a carnival, an old amusement park, you can't let those things sit. 
No. If you're a cop and you see a business called Crazy Clown Catering, arrest that those men. <laughs> Impound the van. <laughs> you're not allowed to have it. You know yep. it's the Joker. Yep. It's, it's a, obviously the Joker. It's obviously Crazy the, Clown Catering. It's definitely. A real business. <laughs> yeah. If you're like a bunch of cops and you see Crazy Clown Catering, whatever the fuck this is, are you looking at it like, I'm sure that's fine. I think Batman takes your advice. Right. I'm pretty sure he, he he destroys that truck. He, he sure does. <laughs> so so then, uh, we we actually cut to inside. Inside the uh, inside the van. Inside the van, um, and Joker explains to Charlie. You know, earlier he said he didn't have to hurt anyone. He explains to Charlie that he, all he needs to do is just open the door when Harley knocks three times. So Charlie's like, that's it? You called me all the way here just to open a door? And then this is this this had me laughing. <laughs> Look at the size of that cake, man! You know? Like, he just... He's like... Clearly she needs help. Clearly she needs help. She can't open the door and push that cake in. Come I, on. I did really like that. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> it's just like... It's such a simple explanation. Also because I, I imagine there's some intricacy to this plan where Joker at some point snuck into this building and glued that handle yep i also think it's possible that he kept guys on payroll in ohio all this time just to watch him just again the level of petty mm -hmm. right yep yep he's so his petty knows no bounds knows yeah, no bounds his that's his superpower yeah yeah he's just he's so it's not his madness it's his pettiness it's his pettiness which you know probably drives him mad um which i i find hilarious i just think that the whole thing is just like he's got to open a door so harley can wheel a cake in Cake's not um, going to wheel itself in. Exactly. Like. Right, but again, it's like it's a sort of a it's a sort of a devil is in the details. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Right. Because again, the menace is in the simplicity of the yep. task. Right. Yep. If he said to Charlie, "Here's a gun. I need you to walk into that room. You're going to shoot Commissioner yeah. Gordon." Right. Obviously, that would be terrible. But the horror is all up front. The horror is this is the horrible thing you have to do, and it is horrible. Yeah. It is again much queasier. Yeah. Right, much more menacing, much more anxiety-inducing. I just need you to open a door, right? It is that that seeming innocence that makes it in some ways worse. You know what it kind of is? It's the what am I opening the door to? Yeah, what's going to happen to me? What are the effects right? of me doing this? Correct. <laughs> it's it's it really is kind of like a it's like a it's like a it's like a devil bargain, right? It's very much a devil bargain. It's like. Well, I'll do this for you, and you'll just have to, you know, just open up a door. Oh, okay. exactly. You know, it seems simple. So, um, we then cut to back inside the club, and we see we see a ceremonial mask. They clearly zoom in on the ceremonial mask that resembles the Joker or the Devil or the Devil or some sort of combination of both of them. We see a lot of these highbrow Gotham socialites who we've learned to hate so much on this show. Uh, they're enjoying the party. We pan back to Bullock who is eating, doing nothing but eating and drinking, and Montoya is just standing behind him, just giving him side-eye and shade and, and, and hitting, him with the, uh, hitting him with so much judgment, just like looking at him disgusted. It's great. Um, Bullock belches loudly, and uh, Montoya then walks away disgusted. And then we pan to Bruce Wayne congratulating Gordon, uh, which I love, because like Gordon just doesn't know this is Batman, which I think is great. Um, and Wayne admits that, uh, I wonder if Bruce was like, oh, he'll feel nice if Bruce Wayne yeah, says go, good job. Hey, good job, commissioner. <laughs> Hi, nice job, commissioner. Hi, nice job, commissioner. <laughs> I'm Bruce Wayne. Um, and, uh, and Bruce Wayne, uh, says he has to leave before dinner because he has probably has Batman stuff to do. -na 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 -na. And, uh, Gordon actually asks Wayne if he can sneak him out. <laughs> and then we see Charlie walk through a side door and he looks around. 
and the room is full of cops, but he has no way to warn them because the Joker's outside and then Joker's goons are all over the place. The waiters are Joker's goons in this place. So Joker just loves a good plan. Um, and he's like, why couldn't they open the door? And then he thinks once again about some way to call Batman. We see Charlie walk into an area that's called the Hall of Inventions. So this is where kind of like all of the like planes, trains, and automobiles are kept. Uh, there's planes, there's there's literally a train. Um, there's all these old machineries, machinery and devices. And then hanging above them, uh, kind of in the window a little bit, we see uh, a bat-shaped glider. It almost looks like the Goblin Glider from the Spider-Man comics. It kind of has a similar look, but yeah. we see this this bat this bat this bat shaped glider just kind of hanging there and uh charlie sees it and says no way that'll work but maybe and then he finds a control panel and uh adjusts some controls and he pulls that bat glider in front of the window which is genius this is the best thing charlie collins has probably ever done in his life it's good and it it is a nice nod to the bat signal this is the first so bat our, signal. Our first real bat signal yeah which is great it's you know it's it's what is it that Alfred says? He's like, I think your help is needed on the inside yeah. or something yeah. like that. No, he so does. That's a cool moment. It's a very cool moment because once again, Alfred just shows that he's almost as good as Batman is. Yeah. Um, and because as Bruce, or, Bruce and Alfred are driving away, uh, Alfred sees him in the rearview mirror as he's checking. And um, as Amanda says, he says, I think you're needed inside. And then Bruce Wayne turns around and he sees the bat signal in the window. And he's just like, oh, I got to change. Yeah. <laughs> um, after that, we cut to inside the club, and Gordon is giving a speech as Bullock chomps down on a chicken leg, um, and then he asks Montoya if she, hey, you're going to eat that roll? There's so much chicken leg eating on this show. They chicken love legs, it. turkey legs. They Animated, like, chicken legs, turkey legs, whatever. They like, look good. They always look good. They always look better, I think, than, like, real-life chicken, and the way that they, it comes off the, like... I know. Real-life turkey legs are kind of lame. Like the, the same. Like the Disney World turkey legs. They yeah. always smell great. They're not that great. Just because they're smoked. And that smoky, smoky goodness always smells good. Yeah. See, I I like them, but them. the it's like you can't eat the whole thing. It's like the first layer is right. like, okay, this is fun. But then you get into it and it's like, I can't do it. Is it just too much or it's like the texture changes and you just like It becomes a physical challenge after a while. Mm-hmm. I, I like yeah. I do like a piece of food that could also be used as a weapon though. Yeah. So I like the turkey. That is nice. No, I do yeah. enjoy it. Like I will. Slaughter fan, huh? Yeah, it's a good one. I love Roald Dahl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What? That was a good... Um, Alfred Hitchcock episode as well. It was. Mm-hmm. A good what? Alfred Hitchcock presents. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so so the turkey leg at Disney is too much? It's just like... No, like I'll, if, if if you walk past and you smell it, it's like, ah, yes, I need that and I'll always enjoy it. Like yeah. I, I do get it and I do like them. But once you get to a certain point of it, it's like, okay. I think I think part of the reason why... Is You're one, sticky and yeah. it's like, how did I get here? Yeah. And yeah. is there anything in sight that can yeah. fix... You, this mess when that's really what it when you're like jaw deep into a turkey leg sometimes yeah. it's kind of like yeah what am i doing with my life no that <laughs> sounds all good to me <laughs> i think what happens is with a turkey leg i think what there's something about smoked meat that after a certain amount of time there's a certain flavor thing that kind of gets weird i guess so you know what you have to do you have to come prepare i think you have to buy the turkey leg from disney world or whatever you have to eat through the first layer as amanda mm-hmm. described and then you need your own condiment to put on the second layer yeah like that's when you get in there with like some spicy barbecue sauce or yeah, something like that's that pretty good. okay or you bring a loaf of bread okay Ooh. or like some blue cheese dressing or something like a ranch dressing or something and get you through the next layer all right the next time we so change a, it up the next time we as a group go to some disney place we're doing this all right all right 
We'll, we'll let you all know how it goes. Yes. I'm just um, hungry now. Yeah, I know. I'm we, so hungry now. Fuck. God, what do we do? Um, Bullock is just, he's just such a gavon. Like, like <laughs> there's just, there's no other way to, no other way to put it. Every episode. Every episode. That's all he does is eat. Um, all right. So then we cut to Charlie and Charlie's in position and uh, we hear the three knocks and it's go time, Charlie boy. <laughs> um, we see Harley pull up, uh, Harley begin to pull the cake in as she's dressed as a cop she like sure by the way in four episodes this is the second trick cake yep <laughs> joker just doesn't have a wide range oh what do you use a cake again um you know we got harley who's dressed as a cop clearly this is kind of like uh she blows She's the whistle a sexy cop this is like a, this is like a it's like a it's like a stripper act she was a sexy, sort of sexy yeah, yeah. But they, that's what they think is about to happen yeah exactly that's what all the guys that's what Bullock is that, thinking yeah about that's what, of course it is and she says, don't, don't stop now, Jimmy. The party's just starting. Um, and Harley pulls the cake in and the board begins to like shrug at Jordan, uh, Jordan, at Gordon. And, um, I am not there. No, sadly, no. So yeah, this doesn't seem like this is a planned event to happen. And, uh, Bullock turns and goes, wow, baby doll entertainment. <laughs> Bullock. And Montoya <laughs> looks confused and, um, Harvey Bullock stops her with his foot and he says, hey, sugar. Want to read me my rights? And this is the moment where we get a taste of like the what Harley. Harley to come. will be yes, because he goes to stop her with her foot, and he and Boom. he flirts, and he, he tries to like aggressively flirt with her, and then she pulls out a nightstick and says, "You have the right to remain silent," and just kneecaps him, which I find great. And then um, Montoya actually laughs, and she kind of looks like happy <laughs> that he just got he just got clocked on the leg. Um, Quinn calls him a jerk, um, which is hilarious because she she works with Joker, um, and then she moves on. And then uh, Montoya kind of gives Bullock like this kind of sarcastic like pity face, which is great. Um, Charlie tries to close the door in this moment. So Charlie, I do love the relationship between Bullock and Montoya. It's fantastic. It's fantastic because she's a good cop. He's a terrible cop. Right. It's so heated in POV, but actually it's very cute here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because like, you know, he's just, he's a mess. Yes. We do, in, in Vendetta, we do actually get a taste of what it's like the next episode we get a oh, taste yeah. of like harvey bullock is actually a good cop he's just a kind of a well we we've even gotten that sense already yeah yeah, yeah um yeah. that's a great episode yeah great episode for for bullock especially yeah. um his first name's harvey harvey, harvey bullock harvey. yeah there's two harveys unfortunately yes, it's it's very difficult they didn't plan that clearly and i it's probably something they regret uh but yeah there's two 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 major harveys in batman there can only be one well you try to make it only one. well one is two-faced and one is bullock so that's usually how they're referred to in the in the comic books and right. on the show um, there are there are too few Harveys in life though. Like that's a great underutilized name. The name kind of went away. Yeah, it was a giant. It was a giant. And fake honestly, in the wake of Harvey Weinstein, it's uh, not going to get popular. No, again. no, you can leave Harvey lock that away. Didn't even think that. Yeah. So damn um, it, Weinstein. So, so now we cut to Charlie, and he's trying to close the door, but his hand has been glued to the door. Um, Harley continues to pull the cake to Gordon. She clears her throat. Starting to feel like like a kind of bachelor party thing where something's gonna jump out of the cake, um, and then she says, "Here's to, here's the Gotham's commissioner G. You lock up the weirdos, the crooks, crooks, and the geeks. You're here to all the boys in blue, but this time, baby, the joke's on you." Not a great poem. Not a great poem. Not a great poem at all. She's no Riddler. No. Or Joker's no Riddler. Joker is no Riddler. Um, we close. We have a close up on Harley's face, and she blows the whistle again. And this triggers all the candles in the room to let out some kind of gas. And then Harley gives Charlie yes. a gas mask. So once again, gas masks everywhere. Um, Joker pops out of the cake. And 
And his theme starts to play. Uh, and then we get, once again, another stunning Joker entrance. And Harley begins to cheer for him, similarly to how she cheered for him at the at his club or his uh, his hideout. And then she does, like, the Arsenio woo-woo-woo, which is just so, so, like, of that era. Right? You know? Like, it's supposed to be the Arsenio thing, but it's so weird. <laughs> what? Your, your version of the Arsenio. Oh, woo-woo-woo. <laughs> Yeah. Um, Listeners, uh, imagine nothing like what you think it should be. No, it's definitely not what it is. Uh, I'm sorry. No, I love it. <laughs> it's like a wounded animal. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, I don't know the initial reference, so I need to... You don't know the Arsenio whoop? No. We'll show you later. It was this thing that they did on the Arsenio show when Arsenio Hall had his own late night talk show in the late 80s and the early 90s. Um. So, so this gas that Joker uses, this is the first time we've seen him use gas like this. It's not a laughing gas. It's not a knockout gas. It's like literal, it's like paralysis. Everyone who hits the, who gets hit by this gas is, um, is paralyzed. And, um, we see Joker pin one of his famous Joker bombs, um, to Gordon. And he pins it to the jacket and then he and Harley begin to leave. And then when Charlie turns to Joker on his way out and says, uh, you said you'd send me home. And Joker says to him. I never said alive. So the pettiness has not, has not gotten any less. Joker is just so, so petty. And, um, Charlie like goes to take a swing at Joker with a, with, with a punch and Joker dodges it and says to him, sayonara sucker, which is a Roger Klotz line. Um, <laughs> we cut to Gordon's face. Roger Klotz kind of looks like Joker. He does so kind of have a jokiness to him, right? Yeah. Uh, we cut to Gordon's face. The bomb is going to go off in 60 seconds. Yep, I just want to mention the design of the bomb is consistent with the bomb that we saw in Be a Clown. Yeah. So whoever is designing Joker's stuff, they they are consistent with that. <clears throat> well, if you think Joker would have, he would have a style, right? He's got somebody. <laughs> so um, after the commercial break, naturally, uh, we see the bomb is, st- is ticking down from 25 seconds. And then Batman swooshes. That's in the, <laughs> that is in the, the closed captioning. There are a lot of swoosh. Swoosh. Yeah, the closed captions. Every yeah. time it swoosh. came up, it was just like, it, eh, yeah, swoosh. Swoosh. it's a great swoosh. It's a great swoosh. Batman swooshes in, uh, down to the floor, and Charlie calls out to Batman, letting him know the metal on Gordon is a bomb. Uh, Batman does a really good move here, where he ties the bomb up with his grappling hook and then shoots the bomb into the sky, which is kind of great. Awesome move. Awesome move. Awesome use of Batman's grappling gun. And the Joker is lamenting that he'll need a new hobby now that Charlie is quote unquote dead. Harley suggests macrame. <laughs> what did she go? I heard macrame is nice. Yep. Something like that. Yeah, something like that. Um, and as the bomb explodes in the sky, Joker realizes... That came from outside. Yep. Joker realizes it's from the outside and he tells Rocco and Henshaw uh, to get to the van, which has also been destroyed by Batman. Um, good for Batman. Good for Batman. Batman uses some bat spray to get Charlie unstuck from the door. He's and just carrying Goof off around with him. Well, it's a utility belt. Yeah. He's got something for everything. He's always got the answer. Uh, Charlie lets Batman know that the Joker gave him no choice. And we see the attendees start to snap out of their temporary paralysis. And then Charlie, Batman tells Charlie to stay with the cops. There's a lot of scenes in this, this episode. Well, you know what? It's the, the scene moved really quickly up yeah. until the final encounter. Now the final encounter just has like multi, yeah. multi-parts. Multi-parts. Which is fine. Yeah. So Batman's sneaking around. He takes care of the goons. He uses some bolas. They destroy some priceless artifacts. 
Uh, as one does. Dispatched. Yes, Batman, dispatched. Batman takes care of these guys real nice. Um, and then we see Harley goes for the ancient weapons and swords and knives and stuff, and she p- kind of pulls like the innocent, like, oh, I couldn't hurt anyone. Look at me, blah, blah, blah. And Batman's just like, he cuffs her. Like, he doesn't even fight Harley. He just cuffs her to well, like some move device. quickly through the goons because they know they have this great big set piece, yeah. which is this museum recreation of this basically Temple of Doom. Yeah, ex- exactly. Which exactly. I don't know... <laughs> Ooh, said, yeah, let's have a working fire trap and spikes and all this, the darts and shit. I mean, that's crazy. It sounds like wild. a great time. It does. It and, does. But every Joker episode, like Joker's got a Joker. Every yep. Joker episode yep. has to have this thing where it's just like, what is happening? The observatory's <laughs> turned into a cannon. Uh, you know, it's just some huge the, spectacle the, set The piece. roller coaster. Right, exactly. All this stuff. And um, <laughs> Joker's got a Joker. Joker's got a Joker. He's got that barge filled with laughing gas. That's, a bad, that's such a bad episode. Um, Please you know, never bring up Last Laugh. I, I, I'll I'll bring it up again. It's such a yeah, shame. Yeah. So this is when Harley. <laughs> this is when Harley mentions so that uh, that beauty school um, is starting to look better. Beauty school. Um, and then since no she yeah. Day for you, a beauty school Are we good? You <laughs> Mr. What is that? That's beauty school dropout from Greece. Oh, I don't know Greece that Greece well. Greece is the word. Is the word that you heard? Yeah, Frenchie, not that dissimilar to Harley Quinn. No, thanks. She's another one of case. those those tropes. That's right. Yeah. Well, there you go. There we. There you go. There you go. There you go. Um, Harley, Harley drops an oy vey almost. <laughs> so I I don't know. The Jewish might have been canon, man. She she definitely says oy. She says oy vey. Oy, 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 oy meaning oy vey. Yeah. She oy, says yeah. oy, oy, we don't get the vey. We don't get the vey. It's, it's pretty implied. much there. It's an implied vey. It's an implied vey. Uh, Batman sneaks off, We hear and we hear and see Joker run into the ziggurat uh, that they've rebuilt in this museum. Right, and this is full Indiana Jones. Full Indiana Jones. Batman goes in, there's fire traps, there's darts, there's poison darts. Joker's like, there's poison darts, and, you know, um, Batman dodges everything. He does pretty well, and Joker says, you know, he's like, well, the breakaway floor is nice. And then Batman runs onto the breakaway floor, spins down. Aramaic, Jehovah begins with an I. (laughs) (laughs) Looked like he drank from the wrong grail. Um, And then, and Batman almost falls into a spike pit, but he's Batman. So obviously he attaches himself to the top of this thing. And then he escapes and Joker has one more bomb, which Batman throws down, down into the spike pit, destroying this priceless, uh, Priceless piece of history. I want to pause. I want yeah. to pause. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to think, like, really, like, we, we're talking about, we're really getting to Joker's pettiness in this episode. Joker, everything Joker does is to try to engage Batman. Of in course. Some way. So you have to think that moment that Charlie Collins flips him off in traffic, Joker's brilliant mind is already thinking, all right, how can I get Batman? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know? And it's a two-year-long scheme <laughs> of plotting and planning and sneaking in and setting up these traps and doing all these things to Charlie just to get Batman. I just, I love well, that. Well, it's like when we watch Christmas with the Joker. Right. And the whole point of that what's, episode what's the whole point? is that Joker just wants to pie Batman in he the face. He just wants to spend Christmas with Batman and pie Batman in the face. They're friends, guys. Joker certainly thinks that. I think Joker's his best friend. <laughs> I think Joker sees Batman as his best friend and Batman hates the Joker. This reminds me of a panel, um, a, se- a page uh, in, in, in a Batman comic book where Batman and Joker are on the roof. And it's the end of the issue and the end of the story. And they share a laugh. Oh, Killing Joke. Killing Joke. The end yeah. of Killing Joke, where they share the laugh together. Right. 
And um, some would say right before Batman kills Joker, but yes, we don't have that. Confirmed. But we don't have that. Yeah, yeah have that confirmed. Um, and and that's kind of one of these moments, you know. It is. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So so Joker then makes a break for it. Uh, he's stopped by Charlie, who is who is he's had it. And he's finally had it. Great little scene. Great, great scene. scene. Great scene. Joker uh, laughs it off. But Charlie grabs him and, and punches him in the gut. And it knocks the Joker back. Like he gives him quite the punch. That's his bowling arm. Yeah, that's that's it. He's been he's been he's strong in that yeah, arm. Sixteen pound ball. Yeah, Charlie's gonna die of a heart attack at well, fifty. But when he plays catch arm. with his son outside, they actually use a bowling ball. So there's there's <laughs> a lot right. of yeah. That's right. He's throwing a bowling ball back and forth with his son. Yep. So we see Joker fall backward. Also, there it. is the chronic masturbation that comes along with a long, unsatisfying marriage with a lot of meatloaf. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. I get That's it. a strong hand that just hit that Joker. Strong Joker hand. doesn't know what he's dealing with. No, he's dealing with he's <laughs> he dealing got with punched bo- with like fifty pounds of force from calluses. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I'm not going right out of you. Uh, so Joker falls backwards into the garbage, uh, and he actually looks like he's in pain. And Joker threatens that if he gets caught, Charlie's wife and son are history. So then Charlie does this thing where he pulls a bomb out of his jacket, a Joker bomb, and gives this mono- uh, this monologue that he's going to blow both of them up. His Joker won't be able to hurt Charlie's family because they're both going to be blown sky high. Right. Charlie, in this moment, more effective than Batman has ever been. Yes, because he's just like, he's just like, I'm just going to kill him. Well, uh, well he's just like, I'm going to kill us both. Fuck yeah, you. yeah, yeah, that's it. We both die. The world is a better place, but, you know, Batman, that's not Batman's code of ethics. Um, we see Charlie chase the Joker with the bomb, and Joker kind of calls out for Batman. Like Amanda mm-hmm. said uh, earlier on, Joker was calling out for Batman to save him because Joker knows that Batman won't let him die. Which is Batman's weakness, right? Um, so, Some would say his strength, Michael. Whoa. How dare you? <laughs> I mean, we have this conversation between Daredevil and the Punisher on a rooftop. Uh, very similar conversation. Uh, and it's like Batman, it's like Joker trusts Batman. It's weird, right? He trusts Batman to not let him die. Um, Batman is in the alley, tells Charlie to put the bomb down. Um, and Charlie then has like, this, this Frank Castle moment. He gives a Frank Castle line. He goes, he'll just escape again and this is the only way to ensure that my family is safe. Yeah. That he kills him. Charlie taking up the argument here that's been had by you know, countless fans at this point. Just like, yeah. why not just kill the joke? Exactly. Exactly. But he, Batman... And this is the animated series way of dealing with this yes. question. Yes. Because even kids bring this up. It's just, why do you continue allowing this evil man to live? Yeah. It's true. Uh, and then... Um, Joker, he makes Joker give up the information on his own family. And Joker, like, destroys all the information he gives. He just dumps it out in the street. So, I guess he doesn't have a memory. So, uh, I guess he needed all those all those items on, on Charlie's family to remember them. That's, you know, this whole scene is a little bit rule of cool. Yeah. You know, because yeah. it's like, what, is fucking Charlie a bomb expert, too? You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, exactly. To, yes. <laughs> right. I, I mean, it matters, how good, it matters how good that meatloaf is. That's a, meat, a good meatloaf. That's yeah, a good meatloaf. There's a bomb in the lasagna. There's a bomb in the meatloaf. Great skull. So then, so then, Charlie, uh, so yeah, Joker gives up the information on Charlie's family, and Charlie then tosses the bomb, and the bomb explodes, but it's just a firecracker. That explodes with confetti and a little piece of paper that says boom, which I think is very, very funny. Um, Charlie says, gotcha, right? He got the Joker. He got him at his own game. And then Batman 
gives the only laugh mm-hmm. I think we've heard Batman have this entire series. Uh, basically, yes. Batman yeah. laughs, which is awesome. Which is laugh. He, he gives a good, hearty bat laugh. And that is a true Joker defeat because Joker never gets Batman to laugh. Exactly. Charlie Collins got him to laugh. Um, and then Batman tells Charlie to go home, which Charlie is very pleased to uh, leave. And then we hear the Charlie Collins fart jazz again. <laughs> as he fart makes jazz. It, farty jazz. Uh, farty jazz. As he makes his way out and he wonders what his <laughs> wife is going to be. <laughs> and then anything would taste good right now, even meatloaf. <laughs> which is a very 50 sitcom like, ending <laughs> yep, line. Yep. Like, <laughs> meatloaf. I'll have some meatloaf. And then we get end credits. So that was Joker's favor. Uh, closing thoughts, folks. My closing thoughts on the episode are that this is a pretty good Joker episode. Yeah. Uh, it is good. I do like it better than Be a Clown, though I think there's some sequences in Be a Clown that work a little better. Yeah. I like the amusement park ending showdown yes. in Be a Clown better than I like the uh, showdown here at the Prairie Grenaders Club. Yeah. Um, I do like the terrorization of Charlie Collins more than I liked Jordan Hill. Yeah. Just because I liked the construct of that a little better, but I actually like them both. Yeah. Um... I think the Joker performance is also more complete in this one because Joker is playing Jekko the Clown for most of Be a Clown, and this is more interesting to me. Um, I don't know. Actually, even as I'm sharing my closing thoughts, I'm kind of thinking I appreciated some of the visuals in Be a Clown a little bit more. Uh, but I think this is overall a stronger episode. I think Joker's favors, uh, to be clear, I think it's a good episode. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What, do you th- what about you, man? How do you feel about it? I So I definitely think I need to watch more of the the series to get yeah. a full scope picture of it yeah, yeah, but yeah. for a um having having gone back 30 years and watched it now it is very in interesting time. yeah back in time um but it's very interesting to see that I I didn't realize until you said it earlier this is the first airing broadcast yeah. order of the Joker and because specifically he is meddling in the life of like an ordinary like civilian right. or citizen aggressively ordinary uh, yes it just establishes like how much of a fucker he is yes so for that i think it's very interesting that that is the broadcast order of the tone that is set it doesn't introduce him as a grand scale his scheme is grand scale but what he's initially going after doesn't appear that way until the end when it all comes together like you're not really lit in on that story until the end so it's very it's very fascinating um that that's that's kind of the first like and here's the joker right well i i do think it's a bit of a mistake controversial opinion here i think of the episodes we've seen so far the first episode that should have been aired for the joker should have been last laugh yes uh which is ironic that it's titled last laugh because that's the one that best shows you what the Joker is and what he does and how he operates. This one, even though it's better than that episode by a mile, is atypical. As a viewer, unless you're coming in with a lot of background knowledge, which I guess you would have even as a kid, you don't really understand how much trouble Charlie's in yeah. when this initially happens. Because the reaction they want is, ah, oh, look at this guy, he's in traffic, he's having trouble, he's going to curse us. Oh, fuck the Joker. Oh, no. Oh, no. But if you don't know who... That's the reaction they want. But if you don't know the Joker, it's like, uh, yeah, okay, what, what what does that mean? You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, they're kind of asking you to have already done a little bit of homework yeah. coming in. This can't be the first Joker episode, yeah. therefore. Yeah, it doesn't work as well if it's the first Joker episode because, right. yeah, he's not as established. But it does show you the lengths that Joker will go 
to ruin somebody's life. Yeah, terrific. Which is yes. which is which is kind of spectacular. Um, I like this episode a lot. Uh, I do think it's neck and neck for me with Be a Clown. Uh, yep. Like you said, there's some things I like better about Be a Clown. There's some things I like better about this one. Um, I do like the introduction of Harley. I think she's awesome um, in general. I'm happy that she's part of the show and part of the mythos. Well, she elevates this whole episode. Yes. And she's actually also giving it some energy that we wished had been in some of the other more sluggish yeah. Joker's, uh, yeah. Joker episode, like like Last Laugh or especially Christmas with the Joker. She would have made that episode great. Harley Quinn and Christmas with the Joker would have been incredible. Yes. Well, what is um? What was the other Harley's Holiday? Harley's that... Holiday. That's the one where she where she gets out of Arkham and yeah. just that kind is of much later. Is, yes. Yeah. That you you don't see how much of a loose cannon Harley is mm-hmm. here. So I, I'm interested to see now having watched that in a couple of episodes, like the development of that. Because um, that that was honestly the first takeaway I had. So first first thoughts is wow, who is this person? So um, it, I still. I still kind of am sitting with that. Yeah. 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 Um, Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's like, it's like meeting people that you've known for a long time, but as a different person, that's kind of like what it felt like. Yeah. Yeah. It's like going back in time and meeting your parents. Yeah. Yeah. Back in time. So, um, so no, I totally get that. Uh, I would put this probably in the top half. Right. Actually, it would be close to meeting uh, my parents back in time because Harleen, my my mother's name was Helene, so that's not <laughs> that's close. That yes. different. Yeah, that that is close. That is very very close. Top half for sure. Uh, very similar ranking to Be a Clown, probably just ahead of it. Um, but yeah, top half, maybe even top third. But it's a it's a pretty good episode. Yeah, I think it's a pretty good episode. It's I think it's it's got its fun spots. Right. Um, we've said this before, but none of the Joker episodes, including this one, none of them are truly brilliant no there are a couple later where the joker is in them but i don't even know if we would call them joker episodes i feel like what's the best thing in the animated series for the joker is it the man who killed batman man who killed batman is it is it also mask of the phantasm are we uh, that's not really in the animated series episodes Uh, but yeah sure that is better than most of the episodes you have to watch that that movie's excellent yeah. Yeah, Amanda, you should we should watch that. When uh, was that uh Mask of the Phantasm came out in like ninety four maybe? Mm. It was like right in the middle of the animated series's um uh run. And yeah. it's a it's like a ninety minute animated movie using all of the same voice actors, the same talent. It's essentially like a long episode of the cartoon. So is it is it considered canon in the plot of the animated series or it's a separate um, thing? Kind of it's it's almost like an anime movie where the anime movie kind of kind of takes place within the series but also is outside of the series. It's very good. But, it, but would it be considered the same storyline though? Not I, to a degree. Yeah. yeah, to a degree. Yeah, it's, it's the same universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, to be clear, I think Joker Joker does a better job in episodes that aren't about the Joker. Yep. Man who killed Batman, uh, almost got him. Uh, you know, th- those are just better episodes. Yep. Or even the way he features into the Harley episodes, yeah. like Harley Kinnade or Harley yeah. and Ivy and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, Man who killed Batman is the best episode of the show that has Joker in it. That isn't almost got him. Yeah. Um, I also, I like The Laughing Fish a lot. Yes. And I like Joker's Millions a lot. Yes. Those are good episodes. I like them both better than this one. Yeah. So there you have it, folks. Um, We think it's in the top half for sure, but it's definitely not the best Joker episode and and surely not the best Joker appearance yet. But we did have a lot of fun covering this episode. Um, And... And it was it was a good time. Uh, Charlie Collins is just a just a funny character. But next time uh, we are covering Vendetta. 
So we're finally going to get Killer Croc. And Jordan, you will be leading us through Vendetta. Are you excited? I'm very excited for Vendetta. It's one of my favorite episodes. So I think it's going to be a good time. It's a great episode. Excellent episode. So thank you for joining us. This was the Batman Tasticast for Jordan Hugh and Amanda Mack. I am Mike Staub. Thank you and see you next time. Same bat time, same bat channel.